My name is Andrew Gallegos. And I'm Jen Gallegos. And we are your hosts of the Headed Home Podcast. Over the past few years, we've created episodes discussing growth, strategies for life obstacles, and have interviewed some inspirational people. Moving forward, we're going to shift our focus a bit from us and our story to other top producing professionals in the industry that I work in, which is real estate and mortgages. We want to find out how other people accomplish their goals, overcome difficulties, and achieve growth and success in this crazy world. Hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Headed Home Podcast. We are your hosts, Andrew and Jen Gallegos. We are squeezing in a couple of episodes this week before setting sail on a voyage to the Mediterranean. We're going on a cruise in a couple days. We're taking the kids. I've never been to Europe. We're scared. I'm a little claustrophobic, so I'm a little, I'm a little, I've never been on a cruise. I've never been to Europe. And I'm claustrophobic. Okay, I. You should have told me that because our room is literally like the size of a closet. I'm pretty sure. So I didn't want to break it to you. I think I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be out on the ship deck a lot. Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna we gotta get packed and packed and all that stuff. Pumped for that. Also pumped for our guest today because we are joined by Christine Nguyen. Christine is recognized as one of the top 100 most influential agents in Colorado. She is a multiple five-star award winner through 5280 Magazine. She is the founder of Happy Homes by Brokers Guild Classic, located in Denver, Colorado, and has over 10 years of experience as a real estate agent. So thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to the podcast, Christine. Hi, thanks for having me. Happy Wednesday, Andrew and Jen. It's going to be fun. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being on here with us. For sure, for sure. Now, have you ever been on a cruise? And if you haven't, would you go on one? I have. I've been on a couple. And she's honest. At that time, I think we just chose for the shortest and the most economical, which is about fifteen years ago. I am planning on going on another one at the end of the month. So yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a longer cruise with a few friends. Oh, uh, you, yeah. Where are you, where are you guys going? We're going to go to the Bahamas too, as well. That's awesome. That's really <laughs> great. I bet you're not going on a Disney cruise like we are. No, not this time around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. There will be some Disney extravaganzas <laughs> happening with the kids. They're going to be pumped. But, you know, Christine, we've known each other actually. Well, we've been connected for about 10 years. And I don't, I know I brought this up right before we started recording, but I don't know if you remember this, but the way that we had actually met initially was I had cold called you 10 years ago, right? When I had gotten the mortgage business and you were in real estate, I had found you online. I had cold called you. I think you took my call. You let me give you a little bit of a sales pitch on what I thought I could do to help your buyers. But kind of funny, we stayed connected through social media since then. And it's been really cool just watching your journey as, you know, as, uh, as a real estate agent and, and making your way through, you know, your career and you're doing some really cool things. So glad we, glad we connected that way 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago. Wow. Time flies. But <laughs> just like <laughs> Jen mentioned, 
Yeah. Um, you look quite different now, so you can't really blame me for not remembering too much of it. Not at all. What I, what I said to Christine is that she didn't remember because Andrew had more hair back then, and so he probably looks unrecognizable. Mm, I, a little. I, I think I got a better facial look going on here, though. That is I've got a little bit more of yeah. a beard, which is, you know, I yeah. guess that's compensating for not. Why do bald, sorry, this is totally unrelated, but why do bald men feel the need to like have a beard? Is it so like you have some sort of like hair? It moves from the top to the, to the bottom. <laughs> so weird. Anyway, anyway, well, Christine, nice to connect with the both of you again. Thank yep. you so much for having me on. I have looked into your, just like I've mentioned prior on your Instagram, and I'm so impressed with your past and how you've gotten here and all that good stuff. So thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this. Well, that's, we, we appreciate you being on. I would love to know what, and we kind of touched on this before we started today, but I think it's really interesting how people choose to be in a particular profession. So how did you, how did you get started in real estate? Well, I worked for corporate America after I graduated from college. I did it for a very short amount of time. Just, it wasn't for me. It's something that's very redundant. A lot of people thrive on that. But for me, I got really bored with that. And at that time, a few of my sons and uh, my dad too as well, I urged to try real estate and see what I you know, just what it's all about and all that good stuff. We'll see the community too as well. Mm-hmm. And then I just sit there for a few months or so and then finally a big jump after I purchased my first home. Didn't have the best of experience with that real estate agent at that time. And I just wanted to make a difference. You know, I wanted to be able to just educate buyers and sellers. Hey, this is what you're going to this is the things of plans. I just felt that I could get to the full due diligence And I just wanted to get into it and just to see, hey, if this is something that we invite us. So I registered to Kaplan College for real estate classes in person. Yeah, that was it. Got into it, had my first deal, and that was like the end of it. I love it. I love just being able to help people, I feel just very honored to be a part of the just selling side of things to us all. It's a journey, you know, to be able to be a part of that. It's, it can be very emotional, but just being able to be a part of the story. Yeah. Uh, my clients. And I just enjoy it a, a lot. It's not redundant. It's, I think it's a little bit different. You need different people. You know, get to go along with that too as well. Real estate's forever changing. When I first got into real estate, about 2008 or so, we went into the last recession. And that was interesting. I did a lot of short sales, a lot of HUD homes, foreclosures and whatnot too as well. I learned a lot. Required a lot of patience with short sales and whatnot. And then real estate's forever changing. Since then, it's always been, you know, something new. Our market out right now is also shifting to as well. So it's, I love the industry. I love what I do. I love to be able to help the community and just to be a part of it. I just feel very uh, honored. And it's just a fun industry to be in. It's not redundant, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned just being a part of that journey and how 
it's an emotional, it really is an emotional step when you're moving, you know, and, and there's that financial investment to it as well, you know, which I'm a part of, and that's a big deal, but you do, you know, you really are, we really are helping people in a very, one of the most important steps in their life, you know, and that makes it, it makes it really rewarding, but gosh, you're right. I mean, and that's cool. I didn't realize that you got in right around the time of the I guess the crash or the recession in 2008, but what a, what a different market that was. Did you get in, sure. did you get in before it happened or like during? I'm, I'm just interested in. A little bit before, Jen, a little bit before I was able to see interest rate at that time, if I remember correctly, was in the 67, 8% range. Yeah. But of course, house value at that time was much lower it makes it very affordable at that time too as well where I remember showing houses in Southwest Denver and you can get a two, three bedroom home, one bath, no basement for less than 100000 or less than 150000 And those are the times. Insane. So because I, I think this is interesting and I think this happens a lot in life where you you know, decide to do something or make a change, which it sounds like you went into real estate and then this crazy friggin' recession or housing crash comes Mm -hmm. what I mean in your head like were you were you like oh crap or was there a level of calm as you're kind of navigating this new career with the market crash like what do you remember kind of like that process or your thoughts back then yeah you know at that time I was so new I didn't have a mentor. I didn't know what to expect. I just kind of went with the flow. Mm -hmm. I just knew that it was like a changing market at that time. And, you know, I just went with it, just took everything on and just learned the short sale procedures, the process, HUD homes and whatnot too as well. And I was with Remax at that time and, you know, it's a great company and whatnot, but it was just something that I just kind of went with the flow, just realized that it's just, the real estate industry for it is what it is and just took it on and just helped people as much as I can during that time. But yes, it was a very scary times. Get a lot of phone calls at that time from sellers in distress, like, hey, what do I do? I can't afford to make payments. But also during times of distress, there's a lot of opportunities too as well. And I think I was able to help a lot of investors at that time you know, to be able to pick up on uh, investments and stuff. A lot of them still have those properties, but it's valued at much, much higher than that nowadays. But mm-hmm. you know, just kind of went with it. Just went with it, learned, took it on and learn as much as I can. And uh, whatever I didn't know, I just do whatever I had to do just to be able to get those information to help my clients with it. But it was a very trying times for a lot of sellers at that time. I remember. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lesson in that because, you know, if you're, I feel like a lot of times people have these fears, right? Then valid fears about things that are going on in the world. And it almost just makes them like freeze, right? It's that like fight or flight mentality when something is scary. And so I think the reason I asked you that is I, I think it's really cool that you almost, it's almost like you didn't you were learning so many new things that you almost didn't know what to be like fearful of at like getting into a new career. And I remember you kind of saying that too. Yeah. Well, it, it, around that time in the lending industry, a lot of the older loan officers that had been in the industry for a long time, the vibe that I saw when I got in was, 
Like, how are we ever going to get anybody alone again? You know, we need the tax returns. And back then it wasn't as easy with the, the technology wasn't up to date. But yeah, there was a lot of just kind of fear around those changes. But like you, Christine, like when I came in, I didn't know any better. So I was like, I'll just do what I can to help people and, you know, fit, put my process together to where I actually meet people and get their tax returns and walk them through the process. So like you mentioned, I think there was, and there always is, there's always opportunity after a big change like that. And we might be seeing a little bit of that in the market right now too, just with rates jumping up as high as they have over the past few months. You know, it's been the, the market, like as we speak is, is, you know, changing. So maybe there'll be some opportunities there as well. But I all think, about mindset. I think how cool though, like, I mean, I think of it, you know, the two of you or your careers, but how cool that you did something, you know, where a lot of other people stopped doing something because of fear. And I think yeah, that a lot when, of people got out of the business. When you continue on and don't let that kind of like guide your decision making, I think it's really amazing like how far you can go when you don't let that like over overcome you, you know? Yes, exactly. I think that's a good point. And it goes for, you know, Andrew too as well. You've been through the ups and downs of real estate too as well. I'm sure you have a lot of stories and, you know, a lot of insights to share on that too as well. But I, you know, just try not to let fear dictate my life. Mm -hmm. I, at that time, was a single mom. So it's kind of like a, you know, hey, are you going to swim and get sick type of a situation? Mm -hmm. Here's my son as a motivation, you know, just to keep How old is your son? He is 15 now. He just turned 15. Awesome. It's challenging being a single mom, but I'm very thankful for real estate because of my career, my clients. I've been able to be present for my son, you know, drop him off from school, pick him up. But, you know, if I can't, I have families and family like my sister-in-law, my brothers, my dad. They've been there for me. Without them, I wouldn't be here. But it's one of those situations where it's just like, am I going to let fear stop me from doing what I love to do? Or am I going to just go after it and just do the best that I can and just show up every day? And I chose to show up every day and just doing what I have to do to um, help my clients. And that's the core of it. You know, it's just helping people. It's very, very simple, respect. It's just like, that's always been my core. It's just like, okay, I don't think I need to, like, maybe I'm not the best, but it's just one of those situations where it's just like, well, it's very challenging, especially itself. Sometimes you don't get a resolution or, you know, like, it goes in for like three months, four months. It is the locations and, and what. But, you know, I just did the best that I can and so I can. That's awesome. Are you kind of unrelated? Are you from Colorado? I consider myself as a native. I've been here for over, gosh, 25 years. Okay. But I was born in Vietnam. So after the Vietnam War, I, yeah, my family journey here, we're known as the boat people. My dad, Ashley, we, uh, him and a few of his friends, they, uh, together a group. We actually escaped Vietnam through the war, which was a little baby at that time. So I don't really remember all the stories and all the details, but I hear from my brothers about everything that happened from my mom, from my dad. And it was definitely a journey. We risked everything, including our life 
to be able to come to America for a better opportunity and, you know, more freedom. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. And they, and how did your dad, like, how did they decide on Colorado? Was that something that was kind of decided beforehand or was it when they, when they came to the U.S. that they decided on Colorado or what did that look like? So we were rescued at sea and we were brought to the Philippines. From there, we got sponsored to come to Colorado. I have an uncle here. So that's how uh, we came about to choosing Colorado is our sponsor was here. That is a great, you got rescued at sea? Yes, we did. We did. That is insane. It is. And I wish I can tell you, I can remember all the stories and whatnot, but you know, everything happens as it should. If we were not rescued the uh, day that we were saved, we would have probably perished that night because there was a big storm. And our boat that was docked actually the morning after, my dad said when he came out, he said the boat was pretty much falling pieces. So we were very blessed. Somebody was looking out for all of us and um, nobody passed away. We hear a lot of stories about people dying at sea due to starvation, due to, you know, dehydration or just being, yeah, just pirates and all of that stuff too as well, which is very scary. Our people were very fortunate. Nobody passed away. Nobody got rescued. Wow. What, What a, like, great story of perseverance and resilience from your family i mean to be able to go through all of that and and be here and be talking to you is really cool yeah and i have my parents to thank for that you know they took a chance it's just like do we stay in vietnam after the communists took over or do we risk losing everything to come to america and they thought of me and my brothers my brothers and i about a future agitation better life and the better opportunity. So it's just like if you start with nothing, you just got to give it all and see what it becomes again. Do you think that just even hearing those stories about their perseverance and that mentality, do you think that's something that you've, you carry with you? And is that part of what drives you, you know, just as a, you know, in your career and just outside of your career as well? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel like a day is an opportunity in my mindset too. You know, obviously as you get older, it it changes and it matures and and whatnot too as well. But it just boils down to just appreciating what you have. It all comes to gratitude. Grateful for my parents to be able to risk everything. They lost everything back in Vietnam to be able to come here so my brothers and I can have a better life. You know, and we're very grateful for that. Going back to the core of it all, you know, my parents came to America. They didn't speak a single word of English. My dad, he worked as a dishwasher at a restaurant in downtown. He had to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning to take the bus to downtown. So he'll do that two times a day, started saving up, and they were able to start their own business. We had a small grocery store in Commerce City a few years after. You know, I see how my parents run their business and I learned a lot from them in terms of how you treat people. 
you know, that that boils down to, hey, it doesn't matter if, if there's somebody there coming to fix the broken refrigerator, if there's somebody in management. My mom and dad treated everybody the same, with the same level of respect. You know, it's like, hey, how's your day? Can I grab you something to drink? Or whatever it is, you know, it's just them being able to just see people for who they are, not for their position, but their, their life or whatever it is, or the car that they drive, the house that they live in. So with just seeing that growing up and being in that environment, I've been able to just incorporate that in my business too as well. So it doesn't matter if you're a buyer that's buying a higher end home or a buyer that is, you know, purchasing the first home. I like to just, you know, treat everybody the same with the same level of respect because that's what I was taught. So I have a lot to thank to my parents for that. They've instilled that quality through us. And it's just been something that has been amazing in my career. And, you know, just friendships too as well in terms of how um, I choose to be my friends and all of that good stuff too. Mm-hmm. It's something that carries through in my personal and professional I like that. I love that philosophy, you know, just treating everyone, you know, with, with, I love that word respect, treating everyone with respect and just trying to help and bring value to your people. I mean, just helps repeat clients and, you know, helps build your sphere the right way. So it sounds like you've done a good job of that. I think when you connect with people on like a human level and you see the humanness in them, like that goes further than anything that you can ever do with your business. I mean, like just like loving and caring about people really is like the secret, which it's not a secret. It should be like common sense, but really like just caring about people and and making sure that you're connecting with them on a a human level is, is ultimately the most important thing that anyone can do in their business. Yes. And I enjoy that level of it the most. It's the human connection. It's knowing that, you know, everybody has a story and it's just, I'm grateful to be a part of it and, you know, it's just a very, yeah, it's a career that I would love to be able to do and continue to do until the day I'm there. So hopefully all the real estate industry will, um, you know, continue to welcome me. So I'm very grateful for that. Well, tell us this, what is the biggest win or I guess something that you're the most proud of in your career? This is more of, a personal, professional accomplishment that I did on my own. Just a few months ago, I did a flip on my own in uh, Lakewood. I've done a few before, but this one was probably the biggest project that I took on on my own. And yeah, just being able to see everything from start to finish, going through all the ups and downs with contractors, with, you know, there's hiccups is to be expected. Mm -hmm. And just being able to see the complete product and uh, being able to close on it and have a family, a very sweet family, first time home buyer move in with their son. That was very satisfying. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. And in terms of the other professional aspect of things, I don't have one specifically. I just think that it just all boils down to being able to be a part of the buy and sell process. And I'll be honest with you, when real estate was very competitive a few months ago, I was a little bit burned out. I was very, very burned out just because it's just like you're competing with 20, 30 offers, whatnot too as well. 
And you're, you know, and Andrew, I'm sure you've seen it too as well, where it's just like buyers are paying 70,000, 80,000, 100,000 over asking. And when you're seeing that, especially when you've seen the industry where it wasn't like that before. And to be able, you know, for a client to ask you, it's like, hey, Christine, is this how it's worth it? You know, it's just something that you just can't look somebody in the eyes and say, yes, it is. You know, so I just share my experience and let them see the comps and stuff like that and let them make the decision. But I think just being able to be a part of that journey through the ups and downs of real estate and just to be able to advise people on the pros and the cons and let them make the decision. But I don't have one specific big win in my professional career is just being able to, I think, having relationships with my clients, the long term of it, where, you know, a buyer and a seller client comes to me as a client, but then they're, they become a friend mm -hmm. um, at the end of the day. So just being able to form that relationship, that bond, I think is priceless. Yeah. And I enjoy that. Absolutely. What about failure? Have you, is there something that stands out as, you know, just a, a failure in your career? We talk a lot on this podcast about just failure being part of life, you know, and, and you're going to face it a lot just on a day-to-day -day basis and kind of overcoming that. Is there anything that stands out to you and in, in what lessons you might've learned from it? Yes. Again, it goes back to a few months ago when I was very burnt out from the busyness and the chaoticness of real estate. I mean, I was able to still get properties under contract and stuff like that, but I just did not enjoy real estate as much where it was just like, it wasn't fun anymore. And so I had to go within a lot during that time just to remind myself like, hey, Christine, why did you get into real estate? You know, and it was because I enjoyed the relationship with people. I enjoy hearing everybody's story and just being a part of that. I love real estate. Real estate is forever changing. I had to recenter myself at that time and, you know, just bring everything back to my core. And it reminded me of why I went into real estate to begin with. But I think just that part of it, just, you know, being able to like put things into perspective again and not letting the market dictate how fast I go, whatever pace I have to be at, you know, so just resetting that and um, just restructuring that again, instead of letting the busyness and the hustle and all of that be, be the reason of why I got into real estate to begin with. So it, it was challenging at that time. I don't know if you were, how you felt at that time, Andrew. I know you were very busy with real estate. I can't, I can't yeah. explain how he felt. He was like... <laughs> It was, it was very frustrating, you know, for buyers. And I know I don't, wasn't able to deal with it so much on, on with sellers, like from a real estate agent standpoint, you know, it, it's hard too, when you have 30 buyers at, at you, coming at you too, with, you know, great offers and people that really love the house and they really want to be in the house. I'm sure that was a difficult situation being, you know, a, a listing agent there, but for buyers, it was tough. Same thing, you know, asking, Hey, do I, I really have to you know, offer a hundred thousand dollars over the list price. And I really have to bridge this appraisal gap and we're waiving deadlines and we're closing in two weeks. And it was pretty crazy. And, and yeah, you know, a lot of it does just come back to you trying to get recenter yourself and, and know your why and understand your motivation. And for me, you know, it's, 
that's a day-to-day thing where I, I have to make sure I'm, I'm understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I'm putting the work in and, you know, kind of outlining my priorities. Did you, when you said you had to kind of go within and recenter, was there something specific that you did or were there specific practices that, that you did that helped with that? Yes. It goes back to my faith. Every time I go through challenges in life, I have a prayer closet that I go into and I pray to, to my God, you know, and just ask for guidance and peace and whatnot. This year has been a very successful year. So in terms of production, you know, I did fine, but I think it's just not being able to find joy in it and wanting just let mm-hmm. the pace of the market dictate how fast I go and stuff like that, which I did not like. So it was just, you know, going into the prayer closet and just, you know, being quiet and just having serenity, even sometimes just not praying or, or anything like that, just being still. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. My faith, I would say, is the reason why I'm here today in terms of my perspective and outlook and everything. It, it all boils down to, of course, how I was raised and also just, you know, finding my faith a few years ago. So that's what's helping to keep me balanced. I always go back to that. And I always find that when you just go through life with gratitude, that's where I find the most peace. So it's just, you know, whatever situation that I go through, whether it's in work, in personal life, you know, I always ask myself, is this bringing me peace? If the answer is yes, can I just go with this ethic? It was fun. It was a really fun real estate market at that time to us well. You know, when you're showing a property, there's a line of agents and buyers waiting <laughs> to get in. If you don't schedule the showing fast enough, you can't secure a spot for your buyer. You know, it was a, a time in real estate where I haven't seen prior. So it was, you know, real estate is forever changing. And I love that aspect of it. But whether if it's at fast pace or if the market is shifting or whatever it may be, I just, at the end of the day, I don't want to let that dictate the pace that I go. So that's what it all boils down to. I think all of us just have that balance where, you know, real estate is so flexible and amazing in terms of, you know, the opportunities and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's just that balance of gratitude. Yeah. I think one thing that's interesting and one thing I think we have learned in our jobs, just having our jobs be crazy is when you are in the middle of like a difficult time or, you know, and, and I don't know if you know this or not, but I had some pretty crazy health stuff go on a few years ago and Andrew and I really talked a lot about how can you be the calm in the storm, right? Like you have to, because the storm is going to happen, right? Like it's not, you can't choose what storm is coming your way necessarily. But I think one thing that you mentioned, which I think is really important, whether it's in a profession or outside is making sure that you find those intentional activities that give you some peace, right? Like sitting, mm-hmm. sitting in a quiet place, like finding that time to find peace, whether it's like walking outside or or whatever to ground yourself. And, you know, the other thing that I, that you mentioned that I think is really important and Simon Sinek actually talked a lot about this. He, he's, what, what books did he read? Um, right. Leaders, Start with why. Yeah. Leaders. Start with why. Leaders eat last. Yeah. 
Yeah. But he, during COVID, talked a lot about it's like anchoring yourself. Your values are your foundation. When you're, you know, when there's a storm going on around you, that like your values are really your anchor. And I think that's really cool that you grounded yourself in that because you really learn like when you're going through a tough time that you, you can go through a ridiculous amount of hardships if you are anchored in your values and like, why am I going through this? Like if, if you have a good awareness and understanding of that and really believe it, I think it, it feels better, right? Is there a, a book or two or a, an author or, or someone that has been influential in your life? Yes, I have been listening to Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Love that. Yeah, yeah. I love what that stands for, just being present, you know? That's all we have full control of is just the here and the now, the past, the future. You know, the past already happened. The future is to come. So just being able to encourage myself that's awesome that's funny you said that my intentional like phrase for the year is be present because i have not been that for the last couple of years and so that's really funny that you said that but i've that has been something especially with my kids is really making sure that like i am and it's hard, right? Like it's hard when you have a million things going on. But I think that's something that's really, really important because you don't get those, you don't get time back, you don't get moments back. And so, you know, giving whatever you have of yourself in that moment is the most powerful thing that you can do. Exactly. What made you realize, Jen, the last few years where you're like, hey, I have to be more present. Was there a situation that's out? <laughs> Yeah, you know, so so my kids are five and seven. And when I was, when my son was born, right after my son was born, I ha- had to have a few brain and spine surgeries across the country. And so most of their childhood, like I, the first three years of my son's life and my, you know, my daughter was two, three, four, I was really sick. And so poor Andrew over here had to like, do all, you know, everything. And so for me, I, I jumped from this time in my life where I was really sick and I frankly didn't enjoy my kids' lives because I was too sick to care. And then I went into this job, which was a dream job for me. Like I always wanted to do the job that I was doing. It it was significantly taking away time for my family. And so I went from this place of like, Hey, I feel better. I've always been in this job that I wanted and realized like, I do not like the way my life looks right now. Like if I'm being really intentional about my life with my values, it's not lining up. Like this isn't lining up because I value time with my family more than anything else. So for me, quitting and quitting last year and, and, you know, shifting to doing more of the stuff on my own gave me and afforded me an opportunity to be with my kids more and be with Andrew more. And so what I kept thinking about is like, don't waste that. You know, like if, if you made a decision based on your values to spend more time with your family, then you have to be there. And so 
for me that just having that in the back of my mind every day has been, and it's not easy and I mess it up all the time. Right. But I think for me, like just again, going back to gratitude, like I'm really grateful for this time and I want to make sure that I, I make the best of it. Wow. Very inspirational. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw on your Instagram page that you had brain surgery. So I can only imagine everything that you've gone through during that time. Was it one or two young kids too as well? Yeah. So Michael was one month old for the first one. And then Ava was what one? I think she was one. Yeah. two. It was all. Yeah. They were pretty young. It was pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, Andrew was pretty much a single parent. I couldn't do anything. I was pretty much bedridden for, and like you had mentioned, we have been blessed with a really wonderful family. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I think when you're going through the worst moments of your life, like when you can't make a decision about what you need, like having those people is just invaluable, you know? And, and I also think, I mean, I think of all the things that Andrew did and it's just like, oh my God, like, thank you. I don't, you're gonna have to do it again when I'm older, probably. Well, but. You would, it's just what you do and you would have done the same for me, <laughs> but you know, it does, it takes work and like all that stuff is connected, you know, like the gratitude, having gratitude in situations like that was huge, you know, okay, <laughs> what can I see in this situation that, you know, that I can be thankful for, you know, just to kind of keep yourself from getting completely emotionally hijacked and, you know, down a road that you don't, that you're not helpful, you know, and that you're not able to actually make the positive impact that you want to make. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, kudos to you both. <laughs> kudos to you both, Andrew, Jen, that's an amazing story. Amazing story. Of, you know, and like, Andrew, what, what, I'm just curious as to how you were able to balance everything while you're taking care of Jen, your kids, and your career too as well at that time, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it was a lot for sure. Team was big. You know, I had, I was lucky enough to have a good team around me. And then, yeah, just routine for me really helped. Like just getting up earlier, kind of moving some things around so that I could work when the kids were sleeping. Routine, I would say if I had to put one, obviously a lot went into it, but routine is really big for me. When things get really crazy earlier this year in real estate or going through all that stuff with, with Jen and the kids, it was just, you know, how can I, how can I look at my day and structure it in a way that I'm still going to be able to like achieve everything that I want to achieve. And so having an awareness of my habits and my routine, that was the start. And then, you know, just intentionally building out my day and then restructuring that as situations in life changed was really helpful for me. Nice. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, we were pretty regimented, I think. And, you know, maybe you can kind of touch on this, but one of the things that we've really recognized is like habits. I think setting up really positive habits in your life so that when things go awry, like you have those to, you know, to fall back on. Have there been any like habits or routines that you have built either in your personal life or your professional life that have been helpful to kind of, I know you mentioned getting that time to yourself for quiet and and prayer, but is there, are there any other things that have been helpful to you? You know, just, I find that when I have time to, whether if it's 
going on a walk, whether if it's having coffee with a good friend or going to the gym, whatever it may be, just that time, whether if it's like 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it may be, it's what's giving me the balance to be able to do what I do. But yes, I completely agree. Just being able to establish the habit of being able to center yourself, you know, whether if it's through mindfulness, meditation, prayers, exercise, time with friends or family, I find a little bit of everything helps tremendously. And yeah, for sure. It's just being able to establish the consistent habit. I'm very, life has been a little bit chaotic because we just moved and just tried to get settled in the new place. But, you know, just having a time that I wake up every day, you know, taking my son to school when school is in, and then just having a set schedule, a few hours in the morning, whether that is, you know, through prayers. And then after that, where I feel like, okay, we're good, get ready for the day. And then I spend a few hours with real estate in the morning. And then I have a certain set schedule for showings and all of that good stuff too as well. But of course, sometimes, you know, you can't really dictate that a showing is going to happen at a certain time or day. So you just got to be flexible with that and just pivot and just go with it at times too as well. But yeah, just having those healthy habits and just being able to have a set schedule when things get chaotic, it does make a world of a difference. Mm-hmm. So true. And having, I think that like one thing that's been life-changing for us, I feel like, especially if you have kids, like getting that time in the morning, I, you know, we get up pretty early and, and, you know, do meditation and working out and reading and stuff. But I think like just knowing that no matter what thing can happen in your day, that you are going to have time in the morning to like, just to you that no one else can get to like, is, I mean, I feel like such a loser now because I can't stay up past like eight 30. <laughs> like it's so bad, <laughs> but, but for me, I'm not willing to sacrifice that morning to myself anymore. And so that means for me, like getting to bed so that I can have that time in the morning. And I think when you have that time, like you said, it just shifts the way you look at your day. And that can be really beneficial if you're walking into a lot of yucky stuff. Well said. Yeah, I completely agree. How old are your kids now again? Five and almost six and then seven. Yeah. My daughter's seven going on 17. She's like in the little sexy (laughs) age where she thinks she's a teenager. So that's going to be fun. Yes. (laughs) Well, I don't have a girl, so I don't know what that's like, but I hear it's quite a funny age around that time. Well, if she has any of of you or me in it, it's going to be a payback. So there you go. We'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) I'm sure having a 15 year old comes with its own challenges too, right? Yes, for sure. For sure. Having a 15-year-old son is very challenging. Yeah. Learning, you know, he's my only child. So, you know, he's, it's an age where you want to give them the space that they need to be able to make the right choices and the right decision when you're not there, when he's in school and whatnot too as well. But also, you know, just with technology and everything that's out there, you kind of have to be cautious of you know, what he's doing on his phone and whatnot too as well. But my heart goes out to all the kids, especially post-pandemic, you know, with everything that's going on right now, with you know, schools, with all the changes that we're going to do in person or we're going to do in school. 
not to mention everything else that's going on in her right now. It's dying time, but it comes back to the foundation. I just hope that as a single mom, I was able to instill the values in him that but it is different. I'm trying to figure all that out too as well. We'll take, space. <laughs> we'll, we'll take the notes for us, please. Yeah. And let us know. We'll need all the help we can get. Great. You're doing great right now. Yeah, we're, we're trying. So, you know, you mentioned having the time in the morning, doing some proactive things for, for real estate, maybe setting up showings. Real estate, and also like you mentioned, there is some reactivity that's going to happen and you have to pivot and, you know, be flexible for that. Are you very, are you systematic in your approach with helping buyers and sellers? Like, do you have a process? Do you set expectations? And do you follow that process every time? Like, speak a little bit about that because from, from the loan officers and talking to a lot of real estate agents too, you know, there's certain clients that might push those boundaries. So how do you handle someone in that situation? And are, are you very systematic in your approach? Quite honestly, I am not. Every client is a, do- a little bit different. So, you know, I just try to get to know the client just to see what their needs are, what their wants are. If it's a client that's unrealistic, I find that maybe I'm not the best agent for them. And, you know, I wish them well and whatnot. But I just, you know, I just meet with them. I, I talk with my buyers, my sellers, just to see if we're a good fit. And then, you know, it's just a matter of, I think asking some of the questions just to see, hey, you know, where they're at, if I can help them and just going from there. But I don't have a set system per se. It was just a matter of, you know, maybe meeting over coffee or a phone call or a Zoom call, whatever it may be, getting to know the person and just seeing how I can best help and bring value into the situation. So I don't have a set protocol per se. I mean, there are certain set standards in terms of of paperwork and whatnot too as well at that. You can't really go around, but it's just, you know, in terms of like communication, you know, how you talk to, I think, buyers and sellers, I think it's very critical because not yeah. everybody speaks the same language or understand the yeah. same, right? So everything is a little bit diff- different, just being able to tailor the conversation as needed and seeing what works for that specific client, you know, some clients are more practical, some clients are more emotional, whatever it may be. It's just kind of meeting them where they're at. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which I think speaks back to what you said, which is really like humanizing the process for people and getting to know like what support they need from you. Cause everyone's going to need a, a, a varying level of support or a varying level of need from the process which I think is really important to kind of, kind of keep in mind. So, well, I have to kind of close, I have a surprise question for you. (laughs) Just kidding. It's not that crazy. Okay. So if you could live anywhere in the world, like regard, you know, forget the details of getting there and all that stuff. If you could literally live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Hmm. Anywhere in the world, huh? Anywhere. I have a few places that comes to mind, but I think it would be Vietnam, Jen and Andrew. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Just because. Tell me me why. You know, I was born there, but I 
really never, I've been back there a few times to visit, but I don't think I've ever had a chance to fully experience that. The times that I was there, I enjoy it so much. Vietnamese people were so friendly and so welcoming. It's the weather there is nice. I mean, granted, it can get very humid and very hot. The cost of living there is amazing. And just being able to be back to that, I think it'll be fun to be able to experience Vietnam for what it is for about a year or two, whatever it may be. But I think that would be very interesting to be able to just live there and be a part of the culture, being get to know the people, the food, just everything about it. I, I think that would be something that that I would love to be able to, to do when an opportunity arise. I love that. That's a good answer. Yeah. I like that. Well, where where can people find you? They can find me on my Instagram. It's, this is Christine Wynn on Instagram. So I'll be there. Okay. Awesome. Connect with Christine. She puts out some great content. And we really appreciate you taking the time and talking with us today. And it was nice picking your brain. And thanks for being on our podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And happy Wednesday, everyone. Thanks, Christine.